Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's 1.37 a.m. in the sixth circle of hell. And you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast to keep you company during those strange days and lonely nights. I'm Emily Yoshida. I am here in New York City. With me on the other line in Los Angeles is... And also with Emily in New York this week is Darcy Wilder. Special guest Darcy Wilder. Special guest Darcy Wilder. We've been trying to book. We've been trying to book her for a long time, guys. This is it's true. My schedule's airtight. (laughs) (laughs) We had to go through a lot of people. Yeah, Darcy's playing the role of Tess this week. Tess is out with some jury duty. Good. Good luck to you. We wanted to. We just burned a cool five minutes trying to decide what the right <laughs> what ring of hell was. Of hell. Yeah, for um, this to be in, we were like Emily was like, we can't. We have to get the one that we would want to be associated with. Yeah. So we went with hearsay, I believe. Yeah, because yeah. we were just being very shady off. We were mic. being shady. So <laughs> before the show started, and you don't want to be like violent where it's murder. No, no I don't want to be. I don't want to own that. I I feel like Emily's been talking about. 
medieval torture and death a lot <gasps> on Twitter. Oh, wait. Yeah, but not okay. not from a pro perspective, just in a like the, pho- the phenomenon pers- of wh- when we stopped doing that. <laughs> I've when, been so into the, the medieval, the middle, like, the, and never before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's having a moment. Well, you know, it is having a moment because it's another thing the alt-right is trying to steal. What, uh, medieval, all Renaissance medieval fairs. Oh, which, yeah, that's oh right. They've been, I saw that. I thought of you. Yeah, because that was when we went to the Renaissance fair, uh, Andrew T. was like, yeah, how is this not, like, super racist? And I was like, because it's L.A., so it's, like, better than you would expect. Uh, give but, it another year. It's a little, uh, yeah, I mean, I have I was never into the medieval, and then I've gone to the Renaissance fair a couple times now with uh, our friend Jane Marie, and... Mm. I liked the Renaissance Fair, and I, I, I get into it from a, a medieval torture perspective. Emily, what what made you start thinking about the Wheel of Death all the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I, um, I think I started talking about it because I was watching... Oh, because I had seen Unfriended Dark Web, which is... Um, a lot of that movie is about snuff films. Um, oh. <laughs> and... It kind of sent me down a very kind of like because that's what the dark web is. What is the arc of human experience and like, like this this watching this movie, this like kind of stupid horror movie that has some sort of like just because of the way it's made makes you really kind of believe that you could be watching a real snuff film and like my my mind just recoils. But then I just started thinking about how like would I, a medieval person recoil at that at that like if you're seeing people being dragged down the street every day and torn limb from limb and like broken on the wheel and everything I'm gonna throw in a fun fact I learned for another podcast but didn't get to say so I'm gonna say it here which is that when when Wes Craven was making The Last House on the Left apparently the actress who starred in it wasn't sure the whole time if it might just be a snuff film because (laughs) it was so low budget yeah and they were like it's also really dark and, and rapey yeah, and, and they probably weren't, you know, up to code as far as taking care of talent and all of that. That was the thing. They were like, well, it was so low budget that, like, she wasn't sure. And she'd been in some, like, exploitation films before. But she was genuinely a little bit worried that, like, the big finale was going to be that they killed her. But they didn't. Yeah, Good. that kind of, that kind of, uh, I, I But you know, know what? I've I never said... seen that movie and I don't really plan on it. Oh, it's it really good. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it I... makes you feel real like scuzzy inside like some of those 70s exploitation movies do. Sure. But that's what, that's the thing is like, I feel like everybody goes through a period, some of them lifetime that you seek out that kind of stuff because you're like, oh, somebody, what if somebody, you know, faces a death, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the first stuff that came on the internet was all that stuff. Yeah. Like rot- yeah. Rotten.com. Yeah. Like, hey, here's the internet. You can use it to see somebody dying in a video. Yeah. Which is what we were talking about last week with Ben's VR yes, experience. Exactly. Like the first thing you do when you have a new piece of technology, like what's it like Simulate. to die? <laughs> Simulate death. <laughs> this brings us to our, our our topic that we wanted to discuss with Darcy this week. Darcy fanny is like, packs. <laughs> yeah, we have a subtopic <laughs> okay, before we get. We'll start with fanny pack. How to Sim- die. The main <laughs> in a fanny one. pack. The main thrust of this episode. Is uh, this episode is called Darcy's Inferno? <laughs> it was inspired by Darcy's obsession with Dante's Inferno. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, 
fanny packs. Darcy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you let's, tell the world who you are? Let's have an I'm Darcy pack. Wilder. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm uh, 333333333334333333. I messed up when I was trying to tell my husband what your Twitter account I just before. say it's a bunch of three. Like I, I can't, can't believe, believe you know how many threes are in it. Oh, but you've said it so many times. Nine. To, it's nine in the beginning and then five. Is and it the, a satanic the code. code? The code was that I had an anonymous Twitter so that I could get a nine to five job and not um, have it be traced to me. Yeah. How's that working out for you? It, <laughs> I quit to be on my follow my dreams of being on Zoolander 2. Um, yeah. Show business. And I'm on Instagram where I've been doing hell month um, yeah. after ladder month and knife month. And I think I realized you said when you were doing the glass bricks. And I couldn't stop seeing glass bricks everywhere. Now I see ladders everywhere. Yeah. When did you start doing the themed months? Was Knife Month the first one? Yeah, because um, this teen I follow from New Orleans. I mean, it comes from like Stan Twitter and like, you know, the underbelly of, of, of maybe anime Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I think taken from a culinary blog. And it was just June is Knife Month. And then they like took that. <laughs> So then I was like, I'll just post pictures of knives. And then I figured out that I really like a theme. So I picked, you know, the most boring one, which I know that's the thing about picking a theme for your life. Like when I was doing the glass bricks, like at first everybody got into it with me in my life. And then eventually they were like, you have to stop. (laughs) So many interventions. You're not going to get them all. Well, I, th- I like the idea of having a month cut off where you have to stop thinking about it after that month because I know people are still sending you ladders, but you're like, ladder month yeah. is over now. I it's mean, all the month. comments on the posts are bring back ladders. This week's episode of Night Call is brought to you by Songfinch. Songfinch is a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, and memories to life through one-of-a-kind songs. With personalized songs starting at $99 and delivered within seven days, their community of professional songwriters will handcraft the best gift you can give. I didn't know about Songfinch before they sponsored Night Call, and once I learned about them, I was immediately obsessed and told everybody I knew about them because it's such a completely unique way to make somebody's event or birthday or even there doesn't need to be an occasion just like have a song written for somebody it's so it's the kind of thing that you'll never forget we had a song written for us as part of the sponsorship and like i feel like i feel like every time we have this ad (laughs) we talk about how much we actually listen to it because it's so amazing when you opt for the song from scratch option you actually have the song written from scratch and you get to kind of get an introduction to your songwriter and give them just some ideas and talking points that you want and a feel for it. It's really like you commission a song. It's kind of incredible. Personalized songs start at $99 and they're delivered within seven days. And once you get it, your song lives on a personal URL called your story homepage where you can listen to the song, share the song, read the lyrics, learn about the songwriter, all of that. So use promo code CALL, C-A-L-L, for $20 off your personalized song from scratch on songfinch.com. That's promo code CALL, C-A-L-L, for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. And as always, here is our personalized song from scratch called Night Call by our songwriter, Rich Lowe. It is amazing. Please enjoy.
and she gon' play us with disasters. Molly love the valley, send you articles to freak you out. Emily got the remedy, film and music critic she could be. Capricorns are ever Libra, yeah. We just tell her like it's gonna be. So yes, once again, if you want to create magic like that for yourself, use promo code CALL, that's C-A-L-L, for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. I was thinking about you and Sailor Moon last night because I went to the observatory. I went on like a, a journey into my soul. I saw um, where your phone died and you had my to... My phone oh, died yeah. and I went <laughs> down the wrong journey. side of the mountain. And then I, I I don't think it's hitchhiking if you convince people to let you take an Uber with them. But it's, <laughs> all, basically, it's basically... It was it's basically the hitchhiking. Form. I was like wearing my fanny pack. That I that was the whole thing actually yeah. was that... I downloaded my stuff into a fanny pack, so I only needed my, like, so I didn't bring my wallet. And then I was, like, down on the other side of the mountain, and I was like, oh, I didn't bring any of my stuff. So, like, may, all may, I have is my wiles. May I ask what 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 type of pa- fanny pack, perhaps? Uh, is there a, a brand? beautiful a beautiful fanny pack I bought at a store in Echo Park that oh. is a gift shop. Uh, they had them outside on the models and I said, how much is this? I think it's like fake East Bay. It's like East Bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like seven dollars yeah. and it has multiple. I'm going to take a picture of it and post it on the on the Nightcall Instagram later. Yeah. This is Good a idea. fashion podcast also. Emily, could you Tweet tell your pack. Could you tell our listeners about your outfit today? <gasps> oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> my outfit was described. I, I thought that it would make Molly happy just because I was wearing both my Jack Lantern shirt, which I got in Tokyo. Or no, no, I got it in Osaka. I got all my good shirts in Osaka. And then um, and then my Dodgers hat, which because it's just a horrible day today in, uh, in New York, it's very hot and miserable. And I was telling Darcy that the hotter it gets, the more I just start to dress <laughs> like a child. Um, yeah. Just wearing like what I imagine a kid wears when they go to a theme park so that the parent never loses track of them because they're wearing like a yeah. bright color and like a hat. Um, I, like, <laughs> and I like that style August. too. I realized I was dressed <laughs> yeah. as, um, as Ness from Earthbound recently. Um, fanny packs. Yep. Yeah, so, fanny so packs. fanny packs. Yes. Mine fits my phone charger, which I f- find helpful. Oh. Yeah, I, I, is this the one right here? Because I can see you have a, so, a lovely black Herschel thank you. Uh, fanny pack. I got this in the mail today. Oh, nice. But I've been using, um, my friend Chrissy gave me a fanny pack in 2016. And I was like, this is perfect because it's an Arizona iced tea fanny pack that's the <laughs> pattern of you know the green yeah. tea with honey yeah oh it's great and i tried to wear it and i was like the zeitgeist was not where it needed to be <laughs> yeah right now yeah you could, you could rock that and oh would, so yeah. i've been using that and it's great but yeah. um who told people to wear fanny packs over their shoulders i don't i really dislike it you came I out think, against it hard and oh, then you were yeah. like this is my most controversial opinion and I felt so guilty, too, because people were tagged in the comments. And I was like, I don't... It was a moral judgment I cast on them. <laughs> and I don't think... Like, I, I try to avoid those. But it's just, like, it seems really cloying to wear it around your, well, your shoulder. You have to, like, you you're trying have, so hard. You have to have hard. something heavy in it in order to do that. Otherwise, it'll just yeah. fall off your shoulder. I only know this from experience of trying to wear... I will admit it on the air here. I tried to wear a fanny pack over my shoulder once at Coachella. Oh. I don't know why exactly... 
for some reason I thought that it wasn't going to work around my waist with whatever mm-hmm. I was wearing. So I was like, right. I'll get well, it out of the way and it, like it changes it the silhouette. Yeah, yeah. I think I had some kind of long. Sense. So yeah, yeah. I I also tried in 2015. I impulsively got a JanSport one that I since disposed of because I was like, when are fanny packs going to come back in? <laughs> and I was I was trying it out and I was like, why did I spend twenty dollars on this dumb bag? And I tried it as a shoulder bag and I was like, well, this will never work. And like <laughs> donated it. But I just think it's like trying so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And if I wanted a shoulder thing, I would just have my backpack, but put nothing in it. That's what I'm saying is like a fanny pack is for when you don't want the shoulder weight of a backpack. But I hadn't noticed it yet. I feel like it was only in fashion magazines at first. Mm -hmm. And then it's like one of those things where they're like models off duty do this thing. (laughs) Wouldn't you like to be like a model off duty just in the street wearing fanny pack in a weird way? Yeah. Um, and then I saw it for the first time in the wild last week at this podcast because the podcast studio is on Melrose, which is where all the hype beasts mm. in L.A. hang out. And I saw like a lot of teenagers doing it. Hmm. And doesn't I was like, just fall off. And don't you just look like a fool all the time when you do it? Like, doesn't no, it just slip all, off constantly? It just was part of the look. I don't I think there's maybe like nothing in it. Maybe. Maybe but that, that's, that's the trick. Even, that's even that's even harder because you have if you have a weight in it, then it'll kind of at least dig into your shoulder a little bit and hang there. It's like wearing an empty tote bag; it'll always fall off my shoulder. Yeah, but if you have something in it, it holds it there. I don't know. I, we should probably move on and talk about hell. But um. yeah, speaking of speaking of <laughs> it's hell, an adjacent I mean, subject. Yes. <laughs> well, there are no there are no teens out today because it's too hot even for the teens. It is so. Oh yeah, oh I my heard there's a heat advisory out there. Today. So goddamn hot. Yeah, the heat advisory is until 8 p.m. tomorrow. Oh my god. Yeah. So and nobody's outside. That. You don't want to be outside. I'm I, very happy to be in this studio. I was gonna try to go out to L.A. and but my brother was there and he was like, "Save yourself." <laughs> yeah, now's not a good time. It's on fire or will be at any moment. It will be soon for months. Uh, but speaking of that, Hell Month. Hell Month. Hell Month. Yeah, I was going to go with Fire Month, but then um, Jessica Hopper saw the fire post and was like, is this Hell Month? And I was like, that's so much better. <laughs> so I did an adjacent pivot. Also, it's because um, I feel um, my friend just handed me a copy of Dante's Inferno when we were hanging out. <laughs> Have you heard the good word? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I feel like uh, I'm like, am I taking his thing? But it's like, um, he did not know it would become an obsession in my life. But now there's a Yale podcast. That's just a lecture on Dante's Inferno. So interesting. Yeah. Didn't you have a tweet recently where you were like, everything I do, I have to do until I'm good at it. And then I have to do it until I die. That sounds like, that sounds like something I have said before. (laughs) Where, uh, I don't know I, if I ever get good, but I get really obsessed and then I'm yeah, done with it. <laughs> I related to that a lot. I can't get into things shallowly. It's either like all the way. Yeah. Or, I mean, or I lost last month to Vanderpump. Yeah. Which yeah. is you also. You didn't lose it. You you improved it. You yeah. enhanced. You enhanced. I did yeah. my, my study. Like a, would you say you're like a casual uh dante scholar right now this month i'd at least. say i dabble yeah you yeah dabble. i'm an, I'm, I'm a beginner dabbler um if it was a yoga class it would be maybe the community yoga class okay. that's open yeah but beginner 
But, but you give like, a donation at this point because you feel oh, like yeah. you don't want to. I mean, it's so cool. <laughs> I was watching a Dante documentary. I found out all about that um, in Florence. They it was like the Guelphs. Oh my gosh, I have no <laughs> the idea. What the Guelphs? Some part of them were like, let's follow the Pope, and the other part were like, let's follow the Emperor. And then Dante was not on the right side. Uh-huh. He was exiled, which I guess happened. Yeah. In uh, more often. Exiled, but not... Wait, was, which side was he on? Was he on the Pope he side? Was, he was a, a white gelf. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> Sounds so made the up. black gelfs <laughs> one. So he... Like the emperors were like more about secular law. And then the Pope people yeah. were like super Christian. I think Go Catholic figures. or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know. Did he go with the Pope or the emperor? He he was yeah. on the side of the Pope, but the black and the white were split. Where the the white was kind of more anti-authoritarian. Where I, I I don't I haven't read enough about this, but the the they didn't like the current Pope. When you finish, so the they challenged series. the Pope. <laughs> I'll do another one and I'll recite <laughs> it. But like they didn't like the current Pope, which seems kind of like anti-authoritarian, like to doubt a religious leader right. <laughs> in medieval time or right. Middle Ages and or whatever. Back it was. when the Pope was still seen as the actual hand of God here yeah. on Earth. Uh, so was he exiled from Florence? Yeah, never to return. Well, guess uh, what? The Italian couple that gave me a ride in their Uber last night <gasps> were from Florence. Ooh, it okay. comes full circle. Dante, Dante. Have you watched um, any of the uh, Dan Brown movies? I, I don't know why I said that first instead of instead of uh, read the Dan Brown books, but the, watch the movies. I don't know. If, I also like, like that you said stuff. the Dan Brown movies instead of the Da Vinci Code. Well, I couldn't remember what it's called. I was like, it's Dante's <laughs> Circle. Dante's. Dante's. I just had the harsh realization <laughs> that the Da Vinci Code is is Dante's Inferno adjacent. And it's a little upsetting. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Because, like, cr- Christian mysticism is the the most fun part about Christianity, right? Yeah. I think that's All why I started stuff. getting into Dante. Like, uh, uh, noted scholar Jeff Rickley handed me Dante's Inferno, and I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> this, is, this new... is my new love. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I... we're, the, we're the counterforce dark enlightenment. We have to f- study all the texts in order to come at it from the complete opposite angle. Well, I started to like realize I was on the the brink of a rabbit hole, and I I don't want to bring this up or get too too deep into it right now because and I can't really. But just like reading the thing about how the, now they think like the QAnon people oh. are like Italian. They were yeah. like like it's born of like this Italian anarchist like tradition and then a novel was written around like 2001 or something about it it's called Q but like whatever I, but I was no, like no no I this do sounds, want you to this sounds well, interesting yes. I want to know all about this but then I was like I can't I can't I can't I feel like no, I'm gonna I, get into that in like three years yeah where I'll be like guys <laughs> we're gonna get into it because QAnon is gonna be the leader of America oh my well, god but now they're saying that it's injected it's, now there there's a theory like even among people who like are more adjacent to it that it is just a giant troll job by it's all a troll that's the whole thing about it but like that it was planted as a wait by leftists though and anarchists instead of just like like, one of their own people look crazy 
which oh, is man, there's too many layers to all of <laughs> yeah. these things. That's why it, I was that's why I was interested in this though. It's like, oh wait, uh, they pranked like eight channers with something based no, on like that's what we have to do. We have to <laughs> we have to out troll the trolls. Yeah. We have to counter troll the racist trolls with like I mean Darcy, obviously you've been a part of weird Twitter for a long time. As have I and Emily, I guess. Like never, we're all adjacent I'm, to. I've been an admirer from afar. I don't I feel know like that we're I could all ever adjacent to weird a... Twitter, and there was a point at which, like, <laughs> weird Twitter, spl- some of it split off into the alt right. Yeah, or like the um, having the same jokes but saying it's ironic, and then mm-hmm. it's just like oof. Yeah, right. Which is yeah. how like Vice paved the way for that. Yeah, yeah. and then. A- a person whose like name literally. I say that I hate yeah. uh, literally is a racist fascist now. So And ruined a whole a line of shirts for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time like everyone always wore those shirts and then I saw one in a thrift store and I was like finally it's oh no. Yeah. And so I can never yeah, wear it. Was it was $20. Well, which is that's, like, it's not the first so time those cheap. shirts have been uh, it, this is their brain. It's like a '80s thing. It's like an '80s hardcore thing. Yeah, like it's not the first time that the Fred Perry shirts have been used as a fascist yeah. brownie. You think that they go for something that's already tainted, like, like, like just Hugo Boss stuff or whatever? But <laughs> yeah, it's like something so on their side. Dorky already. that they just yeah. like having a uniform is so dorky. Wait, have I you mean, seen their initiation videos that are so dumb? Like they just I'm, get like lightly punched by each other it's like a weird it's like no the softest because that fight club. yeah <laughs> i like that's like one of those things where i'm just like no i don't want to <laughs> yeah. see it. it's like faces of death i'm like ew yeah, yeah. you can never no. unsee it yeah i don't want to see it i don't like i mean i saw them in real life and i felt like physically repulsed and yeah so. yeah that's Wait. how i feel about it speaking of of stuff like that speaking of hell goes, it all comes back to speaking hell. of yeah. hell we have a night email this week that we want to read. And as always, if you want to give us a night call, email, text, whatever, you can reach us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com or 124046 We're going to do a 2008 episode coming up soon. So I leave us all it. your questions and emails about your, your thoughts and memories of 2008 and the 2080s. It's truly, truly my last, my last summer. Anyway. All right, so this is an email from Brendan. Uh, first time caller emailing because it's expensive from a foreign place. Oh, really? <laughs> Does it really cost more money to call from Canada? I can't believe I don't know this. Anyway, uh, long time listener. Shout out, girls and hoodies. Thank you. I was thinking about the ghost heavy early podcasts, and I was wondering if all the monsters and ghouls of the world fought, wouldn't ghosts win at all? Are there seemingly immortal demons, zombies, mummies, vampires, the career of Mel Gibson, do at the end of the day have a weakness or something to defeat a ghost? How do you defeat a ghost? Avenge the ghost in real life? That would be exhausting for everyone to do, and they could still mess in your mind until they vanquish their foes. So Thank thanks you. for the pod. Frasier, Brandon from Canada. That was Frasier is like in, in place of sincerely, um, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah also Brendan Frasier. Oh, <laughs> Fraser has a, a greeting though. Is is Brendan Fraser ca- Canadian? I don't. know. He seems like he could be Canadian. Like I think he he's might. like he seems too a nice. little. Can- that, you're just thinking of that because didn't he play like Dudley Do Right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, Canadian. Canadian Ranger. Okay, so how do you defeat a ghost? Um, given everything that we think we know about ghosts, which I I like how they started it with sort of a monster mash angle of yeah. like. 
there's a fight between all the yeah. ghosts and monsters who's going to win and that they were just jumped right to ghosts are automatically obviously going to win. But I feel Whereas, like ghosts, sorry. No, I, no, go ahead. I'm wondering if ghosts ever, I don't know if they're competitive because they seem like they haunt and they're just like for sport. Yeah, I don't think like, that they really have like a militaristic bent. All ghosts are ghosts for very personal reasons. <laughs> well, from what I understand, <laughs> from what I know Sorry. about ghosts, <laughs> if a spirit if a spirit doesn't, you know, ascend to heaven or go down to the depths mm. of of the inferno, then maybe it's like they come back to earth to haunt until they achieve some goal is what yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I think of like an like a bunch of ghosts banding together to do something, it's like very much I, I I think it's on shaky ground. Like even like Haunted Mansion, when they all get together to have a party or whatever, I don't know. Do you think the ghosts would party together? I feel like they'd all be loners. Um <laughs> maybe they try, but they like like in Casper, the the three brothers kind of hate each other. Yeah. But they're like, ugh, we're like who else? Yeah. But that's what an interview with the vampire is like too. I think yeah. just like immortality, you have so much more time to get sick of people's yeah. personal quirks. Yeah. And they're not going anywhere, so there's no scarcity of like, right. oh, I'll just spend scarcity. the next... Scarcity. I guess I guess what I'm saying is that I question that this fight would include ghosts mm. in the first place. So I'm, it's zombies? Zombies, yeah, who's in the fight? mummies, vampires, and then a joke about Mel Gibson. But I mean, I feel wait, like wait, you could wait, also wait. add Frankenstein's werewolves. Frankenstein's monster... What? Werewolves. Yeah, Frankenstein's oh, yeah. monster's in there. Well, All of the universal monsters. horror creatures no. the creature from the black lagoon no i what? These well are, is this I the letters canon or is it like is the letter canon or are we doing the expanded it's not universe? it's not specifically about the universal monsters it's like all the monsters and ghouls of the world i think of this as being like mythical like classes of of creatures that have existed in different like in within I guess mostly Western mythology. You're making a Game of Thrones out of this. I am. I I'm am thinking of them about... as like house zombie, house mummy, house no, vampire. No, no. They're not coordinated. You're thinking that's what I think Darcy's saying. It's like, I don't know if the ghosts are unionized. I think they come <laughs> independently. See, I, I, while I'm not um, sure on the definition of mortal plane, I think <laughs> that the ghosts don't, e- don't exist on a mortal plane. Is that... I'm not. Pr- sure. I might not be using this correctly. Yeah. Great. Well, they cool. might. I think they're maybe not they physical exist on beings. different planes. Yeah. They're yeah. like maybe an they airy because you can't kill them. You they have can to opt just... out of being here, which I feel like is the biggest. I guess that's why why Brendan thinks that they would win is that like there's nothing that binds a ghost to this plane except their emotions, right? Which no, you gotta, that's why you gotta mess with their emotions. Ugh. They have to haunt someone. They're haunting someone because something didn't go right in their life and they have to come back and they're trapped on earth until they resolve it. I mean, so they're already fucked. Like that's the that's the idea of ghosts, is that they've already lost in some way. They've been cursed or something. I mean, I guess the same could kind of be said for vampires and zombies, but I don't know. Well, you know who is a great villain are the Mario ghosts. Yeah. Emily's, oh, yeah. Emily's uh, spirit animal. Yeah. There's also Pac-Man ghosts. Oh, those are terrifying. Yeah. I, I, Shifty eyes. Oof. But from personal experience, I know that ghosts 
can only be asked to leave. You know, you can't destroy. Wait, go them. on from from mm. personal experience. So it's like I'm terrified of ghosts. When I I was staying in a guest room and my uncle's guest room, and his friend was like, she stayed in it when I was away. And she was like, oh, it's beyond haunted. I think there's a portal to (laughs) to the dark universe. And I was like, cool. I get nightmares every night, you know. And what's reassuring is that a ghost can never take possession of your body unless you give it the okay. (laughs) Like a spirit will not, like you have dominion over your body and your, you know. So as long as you are firm in that. Mm Mm-hmm. So to get, I've also, so I've done a lot of the smudges. You can also have some chance on. I, I chance on for like on loop for like Wait, a while. Like Gregorian chants. I downloaded a t- Tibetan Buddhist monk album. Whoa, okay. I, some throat singing. So I get, I get really into things. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, so, but then, so I guess the, the best way to get rid of a ghost is a salt burning, which is like sea salt. And then you put it in a thing, and then you put, like, rubbing alcohol on it. So I tried it. It did not go great. My fire <laughs> alarm went off. <laughs> and then, what does that smell like? Oh, you put an essential oil in. Okay. So I put, like, cedar. Okay. So it smelled, it stunk of cedar in a way that was no longer enjoyable. <laughs> like, now it's like, like, when you spill perfume and you're like, ugh. Yeah. Right. Or, like, too much incense. Yeah. Yeah. But then a psychic held my hand and was like, you don't have any, like, ghosts in your apartment. And I was like, because I did that? Or did I just, yeah. I don't know. Huh. So now I'm cured, but ghosts But did can you be have an experience with the ghost where you're like, oh, this is a problem and it needs to be taken care of? I I've cannot. had, I've never seen one. Okay. I've had, like, I get spooked. Yeah. And Go I on. had, you know, you just, uh, you get a shudder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was in the haunted room, or the room that was a portal to a darker dimension, w- got like nightmares every night, and I was just like, I couldn't. It was just like not a, yeah. not a great summer. I had like kind of an identity crisis where I like dyed my hair blonde, but in a bad way. Um, <laughs> I couldn't get. I don't know. It was just like uh-huh. something was off. But maybe I was just like twenty, yeah. and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, maybe the portal to hell was inside you. Yeah, all along. I was going to say, you know who else had a portal uh, to hell in her house, apparently? Who? <gasps> who? Um, Marjorie Cameron, our fave. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Marjorie Cameron. The Bay Marjorie Cameron. <gasps> patron, the... patron Bay of Nightcall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she's. But a cool thing about hell on earth. <laughs> uh huh. Is like all of the stuff that people thought was like the opening to hell, like any volcano, and then just seeing lava and being like, that is a river of fire. Yeah. 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 I mean. Like I've never really meditated (laughs) on openings to hell. Sometimes when Los Angeles catches all on fire, like it does. Oh, yeah. And you can just like. You, it looks like hell. It I, smells like hell. It when feels I, like hell on yeah, your skin. There was a fire that I feel like everybody remembers where it was just like the hills. Yeah, the hills oh. are on fire. I was yeah. working all day and people were like coming into the grocery store and asking, like telling us about how the hills are on fire. And then when I finally was like driving home, I was like, oh, it looks like that part of Fantasia that yeah. takes place in hell. It, it you looks know, and crazy. 
And it just like that, like life is continuing while that's happening is like the craziest. Yeah, thing. you still like, had to go to work and stuff. I was living downtown, yeah. and so I could I had a really good view of it from the roof of the building I lived in. And people would just like go out every night and like have drinks on the roof and watch yeah. the city burn. <laughs> like it was so some, insane, and like some real there was also that core. thing where it felt like there was like ash in the air, kind of. There was my yeah. parents. Like whenever there's a fire uh, in the valley, like they, you know, sometimes there will just be like ash will like snow down, yeah, and then everything's covered in this like little layer of ash. Um, friend, friend of the podcast, Caleb Horton's family uh, has people in Reading, which is on fire right now, with something called a fire NATO. Which is oh what, no, what it sounds like? Yeah, it it looks like hell, and yeah. people are like, okay, gotta go to to my job until we get evacuated or whatever. Yeah, Just, you know, like, wait until somebody says that inside. it's time to actually but, panic or evacuate. Yeah, I would but, feel personally responsible for putting out the fire. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> when it's that close, yeah, yeah. Just like take all of your like Fiji water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what we're saying is maybe hell maybe maybe yeah. this is hell Ooh, what if this baby, is hell do you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dante's Inferno it's is also a place <laughs> it's <laughs> also like astounding to me that hell is uncomfortable where it's always like oh you always hear like you go to heaven or you go to hell and hell is like hot and whatever mm-hmm. then I read a passage of what it's like and I was like I don't want someone like breathing on me yeah. Wait, so can you just, go over what some of the different descriptions of, of that you've read so far of these different circles are? Like, what are the unique tortures of each hmm. one? Because, I don't know. So purgatory is like the chill thing where yeah. it's like they just didn't hear about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And it seems just kind of like boring. Like, all the Greeks are there. And babies, right? Like yeah. baptized babies. Yeah, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, but they changed that. They changed that. Yeah. Was the cool pope? Yeah. One of the popes. One of the, one of the chiller popes in the 20th century changed that. It's like, yeah. I guess, I guess they have a pass. I know that the lustful, like the, like the cheaters and whatever, they get flown around in the skies. You know, like that would be uncomfortable because they can't, they can't stick to one thing. (laughs) They're just permanently flighty, literally. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a pun or something. Yeah. It's all like every, everything is like ironic and ironic. Yeah. And how, so I like, like Dante just meditated for like a long time on like the fitting punishment for them. Hoarders are forced to push boulders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Facing each other and enter into a fierce battle. Oh, because they're not allowed to keep any of the boulders. Oh, that would be is the boulder the, supposed to symbolize your worldly possessions, like the weight of them? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. Or like working for something that is nothing. Right. The the Sisyphean aspect of it. Yeah. Um, you know what I like is the pre-Christian underworld. Yeah. You like, you like the pagan stuff. I you, do like. Well, the you pagan like all stuff. the pagan. Well, I mean, it's half of the Christian traditions anyway, or just pagan. Right. Traditions. Yeah. All it's of all Easter. the same stuff. But I always liked the the Greek underworld, the Egyptian underworld. 
Okay, we're going to take another night call. This is a night text. As always, you can text us, too, at 124046-NIGHT if you prefer to talk with your fingers. <laughs> Why is that sound? Yes, talk with your fingers is a normal thing everyone says. Yes, <laughs> definitely. We do it every day. So let's just roll with this one. I'm just going to read it all the way through. This is a night call about bugs. A night call back about bugs, I suppose. I almost ate a caterpillar that I steamed with my broccoli last night. It was the very last bite of my meal. I survived. The bug did not. Later, my girlfriend and I got into a fight. It was pretty sad. The fight was not about bugs. I'm reading Rachel Kushner, The Flamethrowers. I'm very into it. What are some of your favorite novels when written this? Also, The Flamethrowers is great. It's I'm one of the so best. I'm so excited to read it. Yeah, it's well. It came out a few years ago. She's got a new book. I can't remember if it's out right now or not. But um, she does have a follow up coming out. Yeah, everyone's reading her, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Have you guys ever almost eaten a caterpillar in a salad? I've I've no. almost eaten other bugs. I yeah. My my dad made me mapo when I was twelve, and there was an unfortunate incident with weevils. Wait, what? Mm. Weevils mm. are the grain bugs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've never I had an experience like that once with a granola bar and a Oof. moth. Ah. Yeah. Oh real real gross. Yeah. I see this is the thing. When you guys were talking about bugs and bees and stuff when I was away, you and Tess, Molly. Yeah. Um, we went real real buggy. I mean, you guys love bugs and I have to say I would love to be so chill about bugs, but I am not. No, I'm not chill about them. I just respect the fuck. Right. Out of them. I guess I respect them, but like I I have had an insect thing. Uh, my mom, who I know is listening to this, can attest. I hated bugs with a passion. I still, I, I can deal with them a little bit better now. But there was a moment uh, when I was maybe three or four that I kind of remember, but there was a fly that had gotten into our car and we were on the freeway. And I took out my seatbelt and tried to jump out of the car as a three-year-old <laughs> because of a fly in the car. Uh, I could not deal with it. But I think that – and I've always tried to get to the bottom of what I'm actually upset about or afraid of with bugs. And it is always the thought or the fear that a bug is going to crawl into my mouth or into my nose. Like right. when I'm camping and I'm, I'm like freaked out about bugs that could be around or in the general vicinity, it's not like that they'll get on me necessarily yeah. unless they're stingy or bitey type bugs. But that they will crawl up my nose or in my ear like with earwigs or something. Like that kind of thing mm-hmm. is what really – for some reason, I'm preoccupied with that at all times. Uh, well, so this is my nightmare. This this our night caller has described my nightmare. So it's but, fear and respect. You I, respect I guess. Them Molly, but there's fear there. I just don't want them inside me. Oh. You know that thing <laughs> at the Natural History Museum where it's like what the grass looks like, really gigantic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like a millipede. Yeah. That to me, I just I'm like, what if they were big? At least they're small. Yeah. What if they were big? Well, I there's could deal like, with them better. Be. Like roaches are yeah. horrible. I I'm so terrified of them. And then there's yeah. the big ones that ru- the water bugs. Yeah. Right. Again, I'm like I'm grossed out by it, but I'm also like, hey, like they deserve to be here. They exist, yeah. and so do I. I don't I don't want to kill them unless I like have to. Unless it's them or me, which it sometimes is, you know. Yeah. yeah. But one of the other night calls we got, which I thought this one was going to be, was about millipedes. And it was about how somebody had killed a millipede and felt really bad about it and then learned about millipedes and that they, like, eat all these other bugs Ooh. that you don't want. 
And so they were like, actually, like house millipedes, like they can't do anything to you. And they like eat all the other bugs that you actually don't want more. Um, But I also had just killed a millipede. So I was like, man. And then I don't know. I'm just like, it's it's not their fault. They have many legs and we only have two. And so we think it's weird that they have a lot of legs, you know, like that's most of what I think creeps us out about it. Right. Are they using all of them? Too? Yes, they totally are. That's what's so crazy. That is so crazy. Also, didn't you say that there was some sort of interspecies connection with like ants protecting something else? Well, oh, like- I watched this this show. Everybody should watch it. David Attenborough's Natural Curiosities. It's all about like biological adaptations, and that was one of the things was bugs that hide out in other bugs' hives and like trick them into feeding them basically. <laughs> wow. It was I, amazing. Grifter bugs. Grifter bugs. And one of them was like a caterpillar or something that hides out in like a beehive and the bee and like does this little wiggle and it's like the Oof. same thing a bee queen does. And so they're all like, oh, we must feed the bee queen and they feed it and they it gets all fat. They trick them through dance? That's yes. incredible. Oh it's incredible. It's, that's what I'm saying. Just like I got in an argument at a party this weekend with somebody who was saying they were like a, a humanist, a spe- like a speciesist. You know, like that they think yeah. humans are the best species. And I was like, that is insane to me. Humans well, are the worst species. Yeah. And Awful. like, yeah, there's so many other cool things happening, like caterpillars tricking bees into feeding them. And the other thing was about the death's head moth, which is that moth that's in the Silence of the Lambs poster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks like what it has the- a skull yeah, on it. And it yeah. was about how like... Everybody in in medieval England thought it was like a bad omen because it only migrated during certain times. And then all these like, you know, skull Mm -hmm. bugs flew in uh, and they were like, they know. But apparently they were like, we don't know for sure what the marking is. But what we think it might be is that it like mimics a bee face. And so it like tricks the bees into thinking it's a bee. I thought it was going to be be the mark of the beast. <laughs> like I'm sure the, the moths have 666. Well, that's what they they were like it's not like it's just a bug like we see it as a skull cuz that's how our eyes are yeah. trained to see things like that, but the pattern is maybe really meant to like oh, look yeah. like a, it's, it's not for us. It's meant to look like the face of a bee head on. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, when I got my dog, I wondered for so long. I was like, why have I trapped this small animal? Like, I had those thoughts when you get stoned and stare at your hands. And I'm like, wait, what is this? <laughs> and I guess it's just like interspecies. Like, we've, yeah. we're just, we just vibe. Yeah. 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 But it seems yeah. so weird. with dogs than with, with death's head moths. Yeah. Um, well, that does it for this week's night call. We're we're out of time this week, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, thank you so much, Darcy. But thank you, Darcy, us. for, for joining me. us. Finally, Big fan. yeah. yeah. Um, give us a night call as always. One two one two four zero oh, four six night. Um, also, we don't say this enough or like really emphasize it, but leave us a review. Like, really, leave us a review. We would like to see more. Um, like maybe maybe you you want to write us a night call but you don't really have a question channel that energy into writing us a review (laughs) and we would be really really grateful and we I I check them all the time especially recently I've been looking at them so yeah leave us and give give us some stars yeah give us some stars five bugs tell us (laughs) tell us how many bugs out of five you you like (laughs) us how Um, many circles of hell 
Thank you. you. Thank you to Ben Hosley, our producer this week. Um, and thank you also to our sponsor this week, Song Finch. We will see you next week, everybody. Thank you. Thank y'all. See you in hell. See you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.